we've had episodes leading up into where we are right now for episode 11 talking about am i ready to buy as a matter of fact episode one was on that very topic am i ready to buy and a major factor that goes into someone's anyone's really determination how ready they are to buy is their cash reserve and we're going to dive into that some today with uh, a guest that i have that you're going to really want to listen in closely to this given podcast because it's going to give valuable insights on that conversation of do i have enough cash and if i feel that i don't what is out there that can provide me with the assistance and level of confidence that I can walk into a transaction knowing that I can afford the down payment, I can afford closing costs. And then the other side of that is those who don't worry about that per se, but would like to have availability of cash to do improvements, to do renovations. Maybe they don't necessarily have to have that brand new, all bells and whistles, sparkling, newly renovated or new construction home but you're fine with putting your own touch, building in your own equity, if you will. But the cash doesn't really spell that out for you. So uh, what kind of options are available for someone in that scenario who would love to live that HGTV dream, right? And walk in, get it all renovated and ready to move in. So we're gonna dive into that today with one of my lending partners. So don't miss out, let's dive in now. Welcome to New Jersey Living, the podcast, where we explore all things New Jersey real estate. I'm your host, Corey Jones, a real estate agent with Coldwell Banker and team leader of the New Jersey Living Group. We're a team of experienced agents who specialize in residential sales in several counties ranging from Bergen County in northern New Jersey to Ocean County down the shore. On this podcast, we will talk to real estate experts, local business owners, community leaders, and town officials to get the inside scoop various towns in New Jersey. We'll discuss everything from the latest market trends to featured local attractions with dining, recreation, and entertainment. Whether you're a current resident, a prospective buyer, or just curious about New Jersey real estate, we have something for you. So sit back, relax, and join us for a conversation about all things New Jersey living. All right, so welcome to New Jersey living, the podcast. This is episode 11 and we're covering the topic of basically do i have enough cash right so today we're gonna uh be engaging with one of my lending partners sandy davis with nj lenders and i'm gonna have sandy jump in right now just to give a little bit of an intro uh, about her self background and we'll take it from there so sandy welcome to the podcast Hi, Corey. Thank you so much for having me. So I am a senior loan officer with NJ Lenders Corp. I have been a loan officer now for about uh, 18 years. And, uh, you know, I work for the buyers. My main goal is to try to help everybody to be able to purchase a home and make it as affordable for them as possible. Absolutely. And that affordability piece is very much where we want to go in this conversation. So um, and I'm going to start with uh, the two scenarios I laid out in the very beginning. And um, I'm going to jump into the first scenario because uh, I had mentioned our first episode, Am I Ready to Buy? And that was more in reference to how to obtain a pre-approval and um, what type of costs are involved in purchasing a home and what is PMI and are there products, loan products out there? that if you don't have the most substantial down payment, can you still work around having a PMI and things like that? So we we 
dove deep into that conversation in that first episode. So in this one, I really want to cover that down payment and closing cost assistance conversation because a lot of buyers who find themselves in a place where, okay, I have pretty good credit, right? So um, I think I really would love to be in a place of my own. It's just that I don't know if I have 30, 40,000 reserved uh, to take on that type of transaction. So um, let's just have that conversation and give us an idea. And I'm going to use like a baseline of uh, a $400,000 purchase, right? Just to, uh, so we have like a frame reference uh, out there. Okay. What 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 does um I mean, before we even talk about those funds, what does a typical closing cost and down payment look like for somebody trying to purchase something, let's say about four hundred thousand? Sure. So um, the least amount down that someone could do would be three percent of the purchase price. So if we're at a four hundred thousand dollar purchase price, that would be twelve thousand dollars. Now, a good rule of thumb is when you buy the home, other than the down payment, you're going to have your closing costs, you're going to have your attorney fees, you're going to have your tax and insurance escrows, there's your appraisal, your home inspection, everything. So I feel that a good rule of thumb is 2.5% to 3% of purchase price. Sometimes it's a little more, sometimes it's a little less. It will vary from home to home depending on property taxes. So I would estimate on a $400,000 property, probably between 10 and 14,000. So if we're doing the high end and we use the 12,000 for the down payment, which would be the least amount down and 14 for closing, then, you know, that would be our total needed, which would be about $26,000. Correct. Correct. And that's, and I'm, I'm glad we, we've not had a conversation on the closing estimate, but roughly I use the same, uh, two and a half to 3% factor that in for closing costs. So, a lot of buyers in the market who uh, in this exception would be, you know, someone maybe doing a condo for a lower price point around three to three fifty or even two fifty. But a lot of single family homes are going to be right around that four hundred thousand and up. So yeah. when I'm working with clients who are in that four to five hundred thousand dollar range, I really uh, counsel them initially in that consultation that, all right, you want to have available a cash reserve somewhere comfortably around thirty, thirty thousand. OK. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's, uh, obviously, um, uh, there's ways to account for that even with, uh, you know, 401ks and, and retirement accounts as well. Uh, and that's something, you know, if you can just, uh, delve into a little bit as we get into this conversation. So let's start with, uh, closing assistance. If I'm a first time buyer, which I have many of these clients that are stepping into the first time, um, what is available for them if okay. their cash reserve isn't quite at that 20, let's just say 25, it's not quite at that 25,000 mark. Um, what's out there for them? So anybody is a first time home buyer if they have not owned a home in three or more years. So if somebody owned a home 10 years ago, they are considered again, a first time home buyer. So I just want to let everyone know that. Right. Um, if you are a first time home buyer, I have a down payment assistance program, depending on where you're buying and what type of first time home buyer you are, it's anywhere from 10,000 to $22,000. Okay. As long as you do not sell or refinance the house in the first five years, okay, you never have to pay the monies back. So it is given to you. And when you receive those monies, what I've noticed in this market is a lot of buyers, because of the expense of buying, you know, maybe short ten or fifteen thousand to buy a home. And 
in this market, a lot of sellers are not giving that seller concession, seller credit to help them with closing. So the down payment assistance has come in very handy for that because it allows people to have that extra money that they need in order to purchase a home. With the down payment assistance program, the only reserves that they are you are required to have is one month of mortgage payments in reserve. It does not have to be liquid funds. Liquid would be in a bank account. It can be a retirement account. It can be 401k, IRA, pension. Uh, that would be the only requirement with the down payment assistance. Um, there are income limitations which vary from county to county. Uh, this down payment assistance is combined with a regular loan. So either conventional or FHA or for our veterans who have served our country, VA, or also in rural areas, USDA. So you can pair the down payment assistance with any of the programs that the buyer would qualify for. Uh, I think it's a great program. I think it really helps a lot of people to gain the home ownership. And what I really want to do is help people buy a house. So I love the program. Uh, the interest rates are set by the state of New Jersey. Uh, there are no extra fees or points to the program. Um, and I have been doing these for years now. And, uh, you know, I, I would like to share that with more of the communities because I don't think a lot of people know about the loan. Yes, would agree. Would agree. The vast majority of first-time buyers that I do encounter with my clientele have not necessarily shopped around or did a lot of research. Um, there's one, there's an exception that we're actually working together with right now who did come in with a lot of research because uh, she's a Newark, uh, you know, a city of Newark employee, which has mm -hmm. in its own right a lot of uh, incentives and programs uh, mm -hmm. if they were to purchase in, in the city of Newark. So she was one of the rare uh, cases where they come very well prepared and researched uh, but most are looking for direction, right? And yeah. insights. Yeah. Um, and with, um, with with what you were saying at 10 to 22, because the, there's also a component that's, fir that's first time buyer and then there's first generation. So can you explain what that, that means? Sure. So um, the first time home buyer is someone, again, who hasn't owned a home in three or more years. Okay. Now, there is also a second component which allows more funds, which is called the first generation home buyer. A first generation home buyer is someone whose parents, at the time that they are purchasing, they could have owned a home in the past, but at the time they're purchasing, their parents, both the mother and the father, do not own a home. If you if that is your case, then you're considered a first generation home buyer. So the reason behind the 10 to the 22,000 is the following. In most counties in New Jersey, just a first time home buyer will get $15,000. There are certain counties in New Jersey where it's a $10,000. Okay, then when you become the first generation, if you meet those requirements, you do get an extra $7,000 of down payment assistance. So in certain counties, that will be $17,000. In most of the counties of New Jersey, that will be $22,000. So that is why the down payment assistance ranges between ten dollars and $22,000. It just depends on each person's personal situation. And as we opened our conversation up with in reference to closing costs and down payment, mm -hmm. there are circumstances where that can cover the vast majority, right? Yes. Of your closing costs and down payment, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, I have had some clients who are buying um, moderate income housing, you know, condos where that down payment assistance covered everything for them. So, and if it doesn't, it can cover a substantial amount. Um, and I think it really does help people to also maybe not spend every every 
hard-earned penny they have in the bank, but they'll be able to keep some of that money, I think, for a rainy day, for an emergency, uh, for any of those things. And um, in most of the counties of New Jersey, um, as long as the, uh, let's say, the buyer or the borrowers make 150000 or less, they're entitled to the down payment assistance, just to give some income limitations to everyone. Um, in certain counties, it can be up to $166,200. Um, now, that is not including family size. Um, borrowers who have children with a greater family size, um, then the income limitations go up from there. So okay. I do believe it does cover a lot of you know, people who are trying to buy a house in today's market. And I think it's a great program. Absolutely. I, I Curious too, and this is something that uh, you and I are going to have a conversation on going back to that Newark employee. So uh, if if that person qualifies for other assistance uh, programs, are there yeah. any restrictions on that? No, they are allowed to do that. I did have a first time home buyer who was buying a moderate income unit in uh, a condo in Florham Park. And she received the down payment assistance from me along with from the town of Florham Park. So as long as it doesn't exceed what is needed, you cannot get cash back. So the buyer cannot receive any cash back. So as long as it doesn't exceed what's needed for the down payment and the closing costs, you can have multiple down payment assistance programs. Outstanding. Okay. All right. So let's flip to scenario number two. So the scenario two is someone who is not so much concerned with down payment. They, uh, you know, the credit is good. Uh, they have a really solid cash reserve. Um, but with their shopping, with their home shopping, if they're listening to me, and this is going out to those who are maybe uh, watching for the first time, maybe you're seeing me for the first time or hearing me for the first time. Many of my buyers, I really strongly encourage them to consider homes that are in need of a little work or need of upgrades because there's far less competition for those homes. There's even negotiating room. Uh, with those homes in comparison to what we saw during the the COVID timeframe. Now that obviously can shift this year. Like, so as we get into 24 rates have already dropped some and we could be in a totally different scenario by the time we get to spring and summer. But nonetheless, um, a lot of first time buyers do have their sights set on that bright, shiny, newly renovated property that checks every box and everybody loves and they're going to have to compete and compete as you know sandy means it means competing with price and terms right so having to go above ask with the offer oftentimes either giving a partial appraisal contingency waiver right maybe as a certain gap that they're willing to cover or just waiving the contingency altogether so there's just a lot of competition and at the end of the day in being in the business, you know that they are whoever buys these properties, they're paying a premium for the work that someone else did. Right. In comparison to if they were to buy that property and put that money themselves into it. Right. They're not paying an extra pre- premium on top of it because they're competing for the property. Now they're making it their own and they do get a renovated property. So just give us uh, some insights on what options there are for that person who doesn't it's not concerned about down payment, but they want uh, to be able to walk into that home or buy that home and then initially uh, or initiate right off the bat renovations. Yeah, so I love the renovation loan. Um, I've been writing those loans for, for the 18 years I've been a loan officer. And I feel, especially in this market, it's a great way to buy a property. In fact, on a personal level, 
almost every house I've bought, I've had to do a renovation loan because I believe that location is more important than the condition of the property. So you can do a renovation loan. Uh, there are two different types of renovation loans. One is through FHA, and the name of the loan is called the 203K. And one is through conventional, and the name of the loan is called the Fannie Mae Home Style. Um, now, I just want to let everyone know when we're doing a renovation loan, we cannot do the down payment assistance. Down payment assistance programs do not allow renovation loans. So um, with the FHA 203K, uh, you can do a renovation loan with as little as 3.5% down. Uh, for the work itself, it has to be done by a licensed general or home improvement contractor. They have to be licensed and insured in the state of New Jersey. You cannot do the work yourself. Even if you are a licensed contractor, you cannot do the work yourself. Okay, so it has to be somebody else that is not a relative that you have no uh, familial relationship with. Um, but you can do anything that you want with the renovation loan. You can do an addition. You can do a new kitchen. You can do new bathrooms, flooring, uh, siding, landscaping. I'm sorry? I said finish a basement, right? Finish a basement, absolutely. So you can do anything that you want with the renovation loan, okay? So the FHA 203K, the down payment is 3.5%. Now, I, I want to just explain that. It's 3.5% of the total, total. The total of the purchase price plus the cost of the renovations. Now, there is no limit on the renovations. The limit is what you qualify for. You can have... 50,000 of renovations, you can have 300,000 of renovations. So there is no limit to the renovations. Okay, so I just want to preface that. And you can do whatever you want with the renovations. Okay, so a lot of people don't realize that. They think there are restrictions. There are no restrictions. So um, it's, a, it's a great way to be able to purchase a home. The other option. And let me just uh, jump in before you jump into that other option, just to clarify for the listening audience. So when Sandy, when she's saying, uh, it has to be total qualification. So if your budget, let's say you have a very comfortable budget by New Jersey standards, and it's a $750,000 uh, approval that you have. So now you have to go out and shop for that property and you know, all right, you know, I have an option for that renovation loan. Do I go out here and shop for a home? I'm just going to buy as is and live with it at 750 or 700, or do I maybe drop down and shop in the five fifties, maybe even low sixes, find something that need some love, need some upgrades, right? Need some work and just factor in right now. We're talking Sandy. That's where we're talking about the overall qualification, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. So, so if I have a $600,000 purchase and I know my overall qualification is 750, I've got 150 of renovation budget to work with. Exactly. That is true. Yep. Got it. So that's got how it. we, that's how we would handle that. Absolutely. Correct. Okay. Just wanted to clarify that piece. All right, go ahead to the, the next yeah, one. Absolutely. And, um, the other type of the renovation loan would be conventional. It's called the Fannie Mae Home Style. So just to go back, the 203K is only for primary residents, okay? Purchase of a primary residence, one to four family home, just like down payment assistance or, uh, you know, a condo or a townhome. Uh, for the Fannie Mae Home Style, which is the conventional renovation loan, it can either be uh, um, for a primary residence, or it can be a second home, or it can be an, a single family only investment property. So I just want to preface that. So okay. for the conventional, it can be a one to four family home um, going primary or a single family home going second home or 
investment. And actually, a little known fact about it is it's the one investment loan where an investor can do as little as 15% down. So I just want to let everybody know. Good that. to know. So that's, a, that's a great Good thing. Good to know. So with the conventional renovation loan, uh, the minimum down payment, if it's a primary residence, would be 5%. And again, it's 5% of the total total, total of the purchase price plus the cost of the renovations. Um, so sometimes we'll do the conventional renovation loan. For example, if it's a condo that's not FHA approved or if the seller requires a conventional offer, it does everything that the 203K loan does, but it also does a little extra. Um, you can, with the conventional renovation loan, if somebody wanted to install an in-ground pool as part of their renovations, that is allowed with the conventional renovation loan. It is okay. not. It is the one thing that is not allowed with the FHA renovation loans. I just kind of wanted to touch upon that because it is a little known fact. Um, again, the contractor has to be licensed and insured in the state of New Jersey. Again, other than the extra with the in-ground pool, you, you can do anything that you can think of. So another thing, um, heating systems, uh, you know, central air, um, you know, if you wanted to upgrade the gas heat. Uh, these are all things that you can do with the renovation loan. You can really customize the house and you can make it your own. Uh, another thing that I wanted to bring up, which is a little known fact on the renovation loans, is a lot of times people cannot um, live in the home while it's being renovated, right? So right. people have an apartment. So how do you afford the house and the apartment at the same time? If the house is not considered habitable while you're having the work done, uh, either one of the two choice renovation loans does allow you to roll in up to six months of mortgage payments into the loan. Mm, okay. Now, you are raising your loan amount. It's yes. not like it's being given to you. So I just right. want to be upfront about that. But it does help people because then they can stay in their apartment, let they get all the work done or stay in their living situation, get all the work done to the property and not have the stress of having to make two payments at once. So that is, and it doesn't have to be the six, the full six months. It could be one month up to six months of mortgage payments rolled into the loan. And that also helps uh, a lot of home buyers to make that more affordable while they're doing the work. Oh, that's a, that's an excellent point. Um, and I'm curious to, the, for the 203K, um, are there any restrictions for multifamily if I'm, if I'm considering yeah. a three, four family? No. So 203K primary residence only. So FHA just, Regular FHA or renovation FHA is primary residence only. So it can be a one to four family home. Um, it can be a condo or it can be a townhouse. So whichever one of those. And um, there aren't any restrictions as long as the person is going to, you know, live in the house, um, at least for their first year of ownership. The one thing I want to say is when somebody buys a primary residence, I think some people might think they have to live there forever. You don't. If you buy a primary residence when you're signing your paperwork, you're promising the lender that you're only going to have to live there for one year as your primary. So there, you can buy a multi. You can live there for the one year. You can keep that loan. You don't have to get a higher rate or refinance it. And then you could go out and buy another primary, usually maybe a single family home. So I just wanted to let people know that when you're buying a primary, it's for one year that you're promising you're going to live there. Got it. Got it. Okay. All right. Well, that in, in itself gives you um, a really good picture of how prepared you may in fact be those who are listening, right? So if you say to yourself, hey, look, I know access, and that's the one thing Sandy just got to uh, clarify is before we wrap this up, 
um, those who may not have that cash reserve, and you mentioned this already, but just want to reiterate, if that cash reserve is not in a checking or savings account, but there are retirement account options, just explain, um, you know, that, that the access and any implications for to pull that money out to use to purchase a home. Sure, sure. So anybody, whether you're a first time home buyer or not a first time home buyer, you are allowed if the account is accessible to use those funds towards the purchase of a home. You can do that. Normally, most 401k plans or most retirement plans will allow you to borrow a maximum of 50% of what you have in there up to $50,000. That's the typical. Now, each, plan, each person's plan does work differently. So I do want each of you to check with your plan administrators to see what your specific rules are, but that's just some general information. You have two choices how you can take out the money. You can take out the money as a loan, and what a loan is, is you're basically paying yourself back the money over time. Uh, the plan will typically allow you up to 10 years to basically pay yourself back. If you take those funds out as a loan, you do not have any tax consequences. And basically, you're paying yourself back out of your future paychecks, and you're paying your loan back. And that is, I would say, one of the ways to do it. If you don't want to pay the money back or you don't want to have an extra payment, you can take it out as a withdrawal. But if you do take it out as a withdrawal, and if you are under the age of 55, you will have penalties for taking it out. At 55, there are less penalties, but under the age of 55, you'll have to pay so much towards your federal, so much towards your state. I know the penalties do go down a little bit after the age of 55, but again, those are individual questions to ask your administrator, and I would also say ask your accountant. So you can do it as a withdrawal, so there's no repayment required but then you're gonna have federal and state tax for the money. So that's something that you wanna familiarize yourself with and how much it's gonna be before you actually take the money out. On okay. a personal level, I would highly recommend you take it out as a loan because you're really paying yourself back. And therefore, it's really not the type of loan where you're paying someone else. The interest that you're paying on a 401k loan or a pension loan, you're paying yourself your own interest back. You. I can't imagine right. any better loan than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, Sandy, I want to thank you again for joining us today, taking the time out uh, to be a uh, guest for episode number 11. Just give us a little insight on how to contact you. Should I have someone out there looking to basically have this kind of conversation, get a pre-approval letter and take that first step into home ownership? Sure, absolutely. And thank you so much for having me, Corey. So you can reach me through my cell phone, which is 973-670-9702. Uh, you can reach me through email, sdavis at njlenders.com. I also have a website, www.sandy.njlenders.com. If you just Google Sandy Davis um, of NJ Lenders, all of my information will also come up. If you have any questions, if I can help you with anything, feel free to reach out. I'd love to help you with buying a house. All right. Thanks again, Sandy. And those who are watching on YouTube, you've seen that information flash up uh, on uh, Sandy's site. So feel free to reach out to her. Uh, if you reach out to me directly and just reference this episode, of course, I'll connect you as well. So I want to thank those who have been following along and listening. Uh, thank you for joining. Be sure to click like subscribe notification bell we want to make sure that this type of information and resource gets out to everyone uh so we have more content that is coming your way on new jersey living the podcast uh we, we've touched on uh community we've touched on uh home ownership from the standpoint of lending 
um we've touched on even um i'm trying to remember our uh new homes website where i'm not website uh episode with uh new construction options with uh, uh welcome homes so we have uh more exciting things coming your way as we are collaborating with a few may uh, mayoral offices and some entrepreneurs that are coming up here so do stay tuned to new jersey living the podcast so stay safe and i'll see you next week